For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, September 26, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street... Too big to fail... Growing the economy... Growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with John Dixon and Dan Deluzio, two guys that are uh, they are both CPAs. There's no problem using that as a noun, is there? I know a lot of designations these <laughs> days have a major issue with No, it. I've been called other things. Oh, yeah, probably much worse than that, right? That's right. Well, what does it mean to be a CPA? Well, we won't delve that deep because I know John's just itching to answer that question. John is probably... Of course, just chillaxing. Chillaxing. Mr. Intoxicated. He's got all kind of stuff. It's just... Uh, it, it's almost painful sometimes to talk to people that are too excited about being a, an accountant. Everything comes back to taxes. Well, uh, you can't uh, can't quite get out of the world even without some taxation. Well, right? that's what Benjamin Franklin said. You have two things certain in life: for death and taxes. Death and taxes, no doubt. So, uh, uh, we will talk quite a bit about uh, taxes this week. Uh, we've got a, a show teed up where we're going to talk quite a bit about the differences between the two presidential candidates, uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the financial markets. Uh, this week, unlike most weeks, we saw the markets sell off a little bit. Um, we're down in the last five days, 3.68%. And oh, guess what? Technology is not leading, which is very rare. Uh, this week, the highest returner is actually a negative we got staples down 1.94 percent <laughs> consumer discretionary is down 2.13 and oh way in the basement where it's been for a while energy lost 10 percent this week i can tell you guys it's really strange to see what's going on in energy um we've we've continued to see demand come back online we see um uh stockpiles of crude oil have been contracting so you know pumping is not matching the the usage of the of the uh, oil that we've got out of the ground at the moment mm-hmm. uh and yet we see a pretty major decline 10 percent in a week in the whole sector that's uh that's a kick in the shorts mm-hmm. um and which actually they came up this week and you, if you look the year to date uh, the energy are down 48 percent some came up this week with a client looking at maybe doing a, a Roth conversion associated with their energy holdings. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there are uh, quite a few strategies that are kicking in. A lot of folks are just trying to avoid the sector. 
uh, I believe, just based on what I've witnessed and, and the fact that, uh, you know, we did see a lot of demand destruction. When automobiles uh, quit driving around, we saw traffic decrease significantly uh, in March and mm-hmm. April uh, into May. Uh, but really, between May and June, and where I look is not just locally in Georgia, but I look in California. I like to look in some of the states that I know you know, are, are more known for their traffic and whatnot. But they say since May and June, traffic has been back to like 80% or more in uh, in California. So, um, you know, we, we've seen quite a bit of uh, demand should be coming back. And, and if you look at the the difference between crude oil price declines, which we have seen some pretty significant declines this year, um, and and the decline in the energy sector, it's unbelievable. I mean, I guess what we're waiting on, we've seen, we've seen some bankruptcies um, in energy, but what I really think you're looking for maybe is consolidation. Are the big, the big companies going to win out and wind up well, owning you know, the assets of the smaller ones? It's hard to say. Well, my, prognostication on how automobiles are reacting in this uh, pandemic is I look out my window. I'm at the perimeter office. Right. So I overlook 400 and 285. <laughs> and I look at the traffic there. And usually before it, before the pandemic, at 315 every day, the traffic would back up going north on 400. Right. Now it's at about 5 o'clock. Really? So, yeah. so, so you so can see not, the huge difference in traffic. Well, the thing is, we still, you know, the the state of Georgia, the yeah. Department of Transportation, tells us that we are more or less back to yeah. automobile traffic, about what it close was close to February. normal. Close, yeah. it was. It's close. Right. You can see the buildup on the freeways right. again now. Yeah, there's still a lot of folks that are working from home. Yeah, uh, you know, hence for financial is one of them. We're mm-hmm. we're still, you know, giving employees the option. We have officially tried to get back to normal a little bit, but I think, you know, some of that might well, change forever. But what's the outlook for, like, for instance, California yesterday? The governor there is mandating that the all automobiles must be electric by 30, 30, 2035. 2035. Now, if you read closely, what he's saying is you can't sell a new automobile in the state of California. Uh, after the year 2035, Without unless it's electric. Uh, electric. So no internal combustion engines. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't buy one over in Nevada. Yeah. doesn't mean oh, you I can't see. go a little bit of somewhere <laughs> else. And he's also not saying you can't drive those automobiles. So it's not going to dry up and blow away in the next 15 years. Yeah. Uh, but it is really strange, and I've talked about this before. You see Royal Dutch Shell. Mm-hmm. Um who, you know, they, they really are more focused on North Sea crude in, in Europe, but they also have U.S. operations all over the place. Uh, they have stated that by the year 2050 that they do not want to be contributing to the uh, greenhouse gases or, or any um, fossil fuel effects on the environment. So it is their goal. And what you saw in May when they announced earnings and cut their dividend in half, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, was, in my opinion, unwarranted because not financially. It wasn't needed necessarily. So uh, what they talked about a lot was they're going to redirect their uh, capital expenditures so that they can um, – spend money, kind of put their money where their mouth is. They they have been talking about going more green. If you've seen this week, as as uh, energy did sell off pretty heavily, um, Royal Dutch Shell actually did better than the others. Interesting. 
So, you know, we, we've got lots of dynamics working in the market. And, uh, you know, you would never have thought that at some point in time you would see an energy company saying they're going to help lead in, in a lot of the, the whole sector, the whole energy um, industry is saying that they are likely to lead the world to be gas-free. It looks like the regulators are doing a little bit quicker than them uh, <laughs> when you look at California. But not only that, um, tobacco companies are said to be uh, the the folks who are going to lead us into smoking cessation into the future, too. So, um, you know, I don't know what that looks like. Are we all going to be uh, watching folks vape where they used to smoke? Uh, there is some argument that it's more... And this is obviously a relative. It's still not healthy, but it's a more healthy option than, mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, burning uh, tobacco um, and inhaling it into your lungs. But, uh, you know, there, there's uh, it's it's kind of a strange dynamic we've fallen into where energy oh, companies are going to sort of regulating us. themselves. Right. And, and, you know, when you got the populace that's mm-hmm. starting to look at things differently, then why mm-hmm. wouldn't you be the one if you're going to con- remain viable? You're going to have to do something. So uh, some of those greener uh, options seem to be in the future of energy. Um, so looking, as John said, at the year to date, we've got technology up 21.97%, energy down 47.99%, financials down 23.14%, consumer discretionary is up 18.55%. For a grand total, the S&P is up a whopping 1.44%. There's a huge disparity between the winners and the losers in 2020, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this before, you know, the top five uh weighted companies in the s and p five hundred uh have performed stellar this was as of last week I think they were all up like thirty two percent um the rest of the forty four hundred and ninety five companies in the s and p five hundred uh down four percent on average so mm-hmm. you know really strange the things that we're seeing if you go back out a year s and p five hundred has gained eleven percent in the past year. Technology up 41%, energy still down 46%. So um, really odd the way things are going. I think energy is probably, uh, you know, the the treatment that they've received by the market is probably overblown. I would say the same for technology. So, uh, you know, one has been mistreated and the other one has been treated quite uh uh, beneficially, and I think both are, are a bit overdone. Um, you don't really have to look too far to figure that out. You look at uh, um, the price-to-earnings ratios in, in uh, growth companies are basically off the charts around 35 times earnings, whereas normal would be around 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at value, uh, it's still slightly um, you know, at a premium, but not nearly to the point that you see growth at the moment. So uh, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we have got a dog of the week, um, and uh, we'll talk about that and then get into that uh, discussion about the differences in tax um, expectations from the two different candidates we have for president. Stick around. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Bang, bang. 
dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week that uh, goes right back to the toilet. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I was talking about the new uh, portable, they've got uh, outdoor toilets in Amsterdam. Well, Japan's in the news this week with their own version. And uh, they've basically began installing toilets, public toilets, in parks in Tokyo that are made out of clear glass. <laughs> well, I mean, if you makes think perfect about sense, it, right? Yeah. Well, no one's going to linger very long. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, those who are lingering is actually the reason they want to make them out of glass, so you can <laughs> see clearly into the toilet to see if anyone's in there. Oh, now, the trick here is when you go in and you lock the door behind you, the glass becomes opaque. Interesting. There, there's a, an electrical charge that makes the glass uh, turn a pastel color. They've got them in uh, traditional, traditional, I say. I don't know <laughs> if anything's traditional these days, but the men's room is blue and the women's room is oh, pink. And they do also have a... I don't know what you call it anymore. A uh, disability toilet is that what it is? Oh, Can you okay. call it that? I Can don't you? know. And it's green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's much bigger. But the the key is you can look through the glass when it is not locked and make sure that there's not someone lurking behind anything within <laughs> it. You can see clear through the toilet. Can you can you order them in custom colors? Get like an yeah. orange one, Tennessee orange for tailgating. Oh my! Here we go. This guy and his Tennessee orange. Uh, that's John Dixon. Anybody who wants to throw rocks can look him up. Uh, he is an he is a uh, he unashamed bleeds. he bleeds orange. He is an unashamed Tennessee fan, and um, I you know I respect that to some degree. Um, uh, you can still make fun of it, but mm-hmm. you know. I got my tickets for the games this year, so I'm fired yeah, up. Did you? I did. How many folks are they going to let in at Tennessee? Twenty-five thousand is what I've heard. Twenty-five thousand. So there'll be at least that many total teeth in the state. I guess. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some of them might have two or three. I don't know. No, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who makes it. <laughs> makes makes it, it makes it in the in well, the gates. Well, the thing is, you know, the thing is, you can only. Uh, uh, they they only get to play other SEC teams this year, so mm-hmm. I would say that most of the SEC is going to have a tougher schedule than they've had in previous years. I'm sure you're it's right. usually a, a really tough uh, division, and um, you know even Notre Dame decided that they would play football with the rest of the ACC. They play most other sports mm-hmm. with them, but uh, this year, not only did they opt to play, although they're going to miss this week, um, they opt to play. And they also share their big, I think it's an NBC contract. Yes, it is. Television contract with the remainder of Is the, it like a $2 billion dollar contract? No, it's or something? huge, yeah. It's something huge. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, normally, they are independent, so they don't have to share it with anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the reason that they're independent <laughs> uh, this year, because uh, there weren't very many uh, divisions actually talking about playing. Um, Any independents, exactly. Yeah, so so, so the independent the independent. Notre Dame went ahead and made a deal <laughs> so they could play some football and get that revenue. Uh, a lot of smaller schools are, are suffering yeah. because we don't have it. All right. Uh, as we've promised, we have uh, quite a bit to talk about. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, regulatory-wise in the last few years with taxes. 
Uh, obviously, there are some that take issue with some of the changes that we've seen, and uh, because of that, we see it. it's kind of a, I, I wouldn't say it's the biggest, without a doubt, it's not the biggest um, debate that's going on in our, around our presidential election, but it is one of the more um, pertinent to those of us in the finance industry and mm-hmm. tax guys. Uh, so, um, John and Dan, you guys want to step us through, kind of, if you would, uh, some of the differentials, and we can go by issue um, between our current president, Donald Trump, and the would-be president, uh, Joe Biden. There, uh, I guess we could start off with individual tax rates. Right. Uh, current law, we have a range between 10 and 37 percent, the different uh, tax brackets, I guess, if you will. Um, and obviously, since the current rates are attributed to the the uh, what was it the uh, something in Jobs Act? Oh, the Tax and Tax Cut and Jobs Act tax in twenty seven end of twenty seventeen. Right. So it in, it was enacted in twenty eighteen. Right. Mm-hmm. That, First year was effective. AKA uh, the CPA uh, Job Security Act. Well, oh, there's there's one of those. <laughs> we get one of those every <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a great any, lobbyist team. Yeah, <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, any tax change always <laughs> newers the benefit of the accountants. That's right. Uh, because nobody else understands the rules, and you guys have to bone up on them and figure them out and teach the rest of us what's going on. So uh, Trump really has got not much of an opinion on this one, right? Uh, maybe a, a little more. Well, he is offering a, a tax cut to the middle class, and and although it hasn't been uh, communicated very well, the, the proposal is probably cutting the 22% rate down to 15%. And that's huge, 7%. So that, that's a good, that's a nice cut for the middle class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason why these these issues are important to us right now and our clients is because of tax planning. Year in tax planning sure. is, is obviously the what's driving you know, the 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 analysis of these potential changes to see you know what changes and what decisions need to be made between now and the end of the year, depending on the the result of the election and and starting to look at those things now so looking at the the change in income tax rate would impact those who have some control over ordinary income whether they want to try to go ahead and and recognize it in the current year or or defer it into 2021 right um so with with biden's income tax rate you know he's looking at pushing the top rate back up to the 39.6 percent so right and I, i i don't see it uh listed here but i do think that uh the corporate tax rate uh, currently, the max is 21%. Correct. Biden has proposed 28 20, 28%. He wants to go back. Yeah, well, so it's not back, to, but he wants to up, up it to 28. Right. So it's not 100% back no. to where it was before, but it's still higher than it is mm-hmm. right now. So um, one of the things, though, currently the Jobs Act, the 2017 uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act, that right. actually does expire in 2025, at the right. end of 2025. So one of the things that Trump is proposing is to hopefully get Congress, if he's reelected, to actually put that back, put that in so it's permanent. Yeah. Those, those those changes that were put to, and again, like John had mentioned, to lower the 22 percent down to 15 percent. Yeah. And, and if if that wasn't enough, uh, yeah. he, they're all there's kind of a debate over um, capital gains, which oh, yeah. Trump is wanting to leave where it is, 15 percent for most and 20 percent for those in the top bracket, right? Well, mm-hmm. and actually bring it down as well. Yeah, potential cut potentially cut to the fifteen percent for the capital gains. So a fifteen across the board. 
Correct. I believe, yeah, do yeah. away with the 20% for certain income brackets and just keep everybody at 15. And then there are some lower brackets where it's zero. Keep yeah. those in place as well. And and Joe Biden then would say um, he wants to make it well, taxable at your... Right, depending on your income level, he wants to make it at whatever tax bracket you're in, essentially. Yeah. So would it be equivalent so, to your income? Yeah. Tax. So it's ordinary okay. income. Is no more. wouldn't be any more capital gains, essentially. Right. Yeah, that could uh, that could mm-hmm. impact negatively a lot of investors that mm-hmm. have uh, money saved into taxable accounts. Yeah, sure. that's why tax planning this year might be critical. Uh, no if doubt. you know, particularly after November third, as we know yeah. what direction we're heading. So. Yes, yeah, so it's it's key to be paying close attention, and mm-hmm. if you do understand uh, what we're talking about here, uh, to be able to get in touch with your tax um, your tax uh, advisor mm-hmm. and. Uh, get some some ideas on the books. Another one is a step up in basis on inherited property. So yeah, that could be so if you big. inherit the family farm, you might have to sell it just to pay the tax. Isn't that the reason that we've avoided that for so long? Right. Well, and it's kind of his plan. I haven't seen where there's clarity on how he's going to handle that. Whether it's just going to be a carryover basis or if it actually triggers the tax uh, upon death. So it, it could be that. You know, it would it would just be a carryover basis, so then the family wouldn't have to pay the tax until they actually sell the farm, um, or it could be to where he, it would trigger the tax based on uh, on the death based on the carryover basis. So, right, and yeah. either of those could be significant depending on the situation. Uh, as now, you know, if it's a step up in basis for those who don't know what that means is that as when someone dies at their date of death, that they own a piece of property, they paid fifty thousand for it, but when they died, it was worth five hundred thousand. Right. Well, the people inherited your 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 heirs inherited it at a basis of five hundred thousand. So if they sell it the next day, there's no capital gain. Right. Okay. But now, if they do go back to this and they will inherit it at fifty thousand. Right. The or the estate is going to be taxed. At five hundred thousand, well, four hundred fifty thousand is a difference right. upon their death. And of course, like John said, really we don't really have a any clarity or direction as to which way they really are going to go on this yet. Right. It's just that he has stated that he, right. he would like to do away with that particular right. benefit uh, which, basis. Yes, and and a, stocks is a great example. You know, mm-hmm. some of our clients uh, in, in the. The death ban transactions, when you have someone who's sick or ill, we can transfer all their holdings into their, their broker account. And when they pass, the, the spouse gets a step up in basis and now has a you know no gains or losses on the sale of those stocks. So it's a great tax planning opportunity right now, which could potentially go away. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and Trump's proposing no change from right. what it is now. So uh, next is qualified opportunity zones. Um which which are those um, what like blighted communities? Right, and this is a benefit right now that a lot of people don't don't, don't know about. Don't know about exactly. exactly. It's really bringing a lot of development to these areas, um, which which Biden's his proposal would add more restrictions, uh, which would probably make it more difficult for investors to actually get get a benefit from these developments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got quite a lot to talk about uh, leftover. So when we come back, we will uh, get a little deeper into the subject. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talks. Money talks. Is on the air. 
We're back. You're listening to Money Talk. I'm Troy Harmon with John Dixon and Dan Deluzio. We've been talking a little about uh, differences in the proposed uh, tax situation going forward, especially post-election. Or, you know, it might help us all to kind of understand the decision we're making uh, you know, it seems like the country's so divided at this point. Maybe your your mind is made up, and it doesn't really matter what comes next. But there's a lot of folks out there that uh, would still like to know just what's at stake, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline, where you can reach us, is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you call in, you get our voicemail. Uh, at the beep, you leave your voicemail and uh, include your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer instead to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166 and uh, ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show, and uh, she will take your question and make sure it gets uh, to the folks that are going to be on the air, and uh, we'll answer again on the air. If you prefer neither of those options, we also have another you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, and, uh, you know, just leave your question in your email and we'll answer it again on the air and attribute it to you. Um, if you don't like any of those options and you're more of the do-it-yourself type, we've got a website. Hensler.com that uh, we download lots and lots of information. If it's a broad topic, uh, you know, you should be able to find an answer to your question there. If it's a little more specific, you're going to probably have to get in touch with us some way. Uh, John Dixon, again, and Dan Deluzio are here with me today. And uh, you can reach them through that same phone number, 770-429-9166. Great tax advisors, guys, that... uh, can can lead you through all kind of things, and I think John's even got what, like a CFP and a CVA, and a, uh, it's like alphabet soup. And if you look after his name, uh, Dan just sticks totally to the CPA, or have you got other designations, Dan? Well, not that I want to tell people about. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, <But> no. <laughs> nothing that they would. No, I stick to the CPA. CPA is enough for one guy. I gotcha. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure what Dan's into. You know, these crazy CPAs. Uh, We got to do something to pass the time. There you go. All right, guys. Well, I am going to turn it back over to you. Uh, We've we've gone through individual tax rates, capital gains tax rates. Uh, basis step up, uh, qualified opportunity zones. Beyond there, I'm just going to let you have uh, your own uh, decision as to what we talk about from here. There are quite a few. I'm surprised at how many different areas have been addressed mm-hmm. by at least the Biden campaign, uh, where they, you know, where the changes might occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this would uh, tend to. It's only going to happen if Joe Biden were the president. I can't imagine that Donald Trump is going to want to change a whole lot other than maybe, as you guys have already noted, uh, Mm -hmm. a lowering of the uh, uh, capital gains rate. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I've been talking about a little bit lately, and I'll throw this out there and then let you guys talk, but uh, three months prior to the election, there's a, there's a, uh, a good forecasting tool um, that 
we in finance use that's really better than polls. Um, the polls for a long time have shown that uh, Biden is ahead in the race. Um, but the stock market until just this week has been uh, agree- not agreeing with that. So the way this works is if the if the S&P 500 or the stock market in general is up three months in the three months prior to the election, it usually is it bodes well for the current regime's party. Uh, so, you know, this was a better indicator than the polls in 2016 when everyone thought that uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win. You look at it at the stock market and the stock market was down, should have told everybody that the Democrats who were currently in power were about to be kicked out. Uh, that was true. The stock market was the better forecaster right now until this week. Um, that has been totally the opposite again from the polls. Uh, but just in the last week, the stock market is down 1.62% since August 3rd, which is what I've been watching pretty closely. So our forecaster says mm, Biden would win, and that's a pretty reliable uh, indicator. Um, but again, I'll turn it over to you guys. Let's talk about taxes. Well, I, I think one thing to, to note is that a lot of people focus on the tax rates uh, between the different plans, but the, you know what, what impacts taxpayers' effective tax rate as well is the limitation on the deductions. And and Dan, you you can take a take a shot at this one, but the 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 two limitations on the itemized deductions. What the well, yeah, actually, one of them is uh, that the Biden administration, or the Biden proposed administration, is speaking about is called the P's limitation, and we had that under the prior tax law. We no longer have that. It was one of the things that was kicked out and eliminated under the uh, the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act. Well, what that essentially said is uh, that for every, if your itemized deductions are reduced by three percent. For every dollar that you exceed a certain limit, and for a married filing joint, it was like 300000 If you were single, it was like 250000 or so. So essentially, if you had $400,000 of income, ta- uh, uh, adjusted gross income, and you were married filing a joint return, that's 100000 approximately over the 300000 So you would take that 100000 multiply it times 3%. And that's three thousand. You would then subtract it from your itemized deductions. That you reduce your itemized deductions. Oh. So essentially, it increases your tax liability. Sure. Okay. That's what the P's amendment, or or uh, I believe it was limitation, was called. And they want to reinstitute that. But he wants to make it instead of what used to be three hundred thousand. He wants to start it at four hundred thousand for I suspect for a married couple. I didn't see anything for individuals or single. So that's what that is. And then the other limitation is just the uh, the itemized limit. The the right now under the current Jobs Act, we have uh, I think it was like eighty or eighty or ninety percent of people are no longer itemizing. Right. Because of the standard deductions are so high. Right. Okay. And currently, like for twenty twenty, the standard deduction is like twenty four thousand eight hundred for a married couple. It's twelve thousand four hundred for a single. And then if you're over 65, you get to add another 1300 So if it's a married couple over 65, 13, 13, 26, you're at 27400 All right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's quite nice. That's a generous little chunk, you know? A lot of sure. people don't exceed that. Now, one thing you do have to remember this year, and it was put in under the CARES Act, okay, is that we can all do this, even if we're not itemizing and we get the standard deduction. You're also allowed to take $300. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional, if you if you give money to a 501c3 charity, 
Okay. So okay. qualified yeah. charity. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, oh, and the big thing, you might want to mention, John, was, remember the salt limitation? It was the the huge right for, it was a big There's, sticking point in it yep. was so then the right now currently you can only deduct up to ten thousand dollars of state and local taxes um but under biden's proposal that would would go away so that wouldn't be limited however they also are proposing that w- which which then at that point more people would probably be itemizing um because of the state deductions so these these right. taxpayers are going to go away from the the standard deduction w- with the increase in state tax deduction but then they're phasing out on top of the P's limitation. They're also saying that the tax benefit of deductions would only be 28%. So even though you might be right. in a 39% tax bracket, your benefit for your deductions is only going to be 28%. So they're kind of carving back your deductions, uh, you know, a second, 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 time. a second time around. Yeah. Yeah, and that salt uh, actually most heavily impacted high tax states where. Mm-hmm. It would have been what uh, Connecticut and Massachusetts, New Jersey, and, California, New yeah, York, Illinois. New York. Yeah. So, so those uh, states and and cities that have mm-hmm. uh, high taxes, where uh, there was <laughs> there was some pretty creative responses to this initially that the oh, yeah. IRS had to get involved Absolutely. with and and pare back uh, what was going on. They, mm-hmm. There was talk that they were going to try to. Uh, create a, a state and local um, charity yeah. where those individuals could put money in and get credit, direct credit. Precisely, their, because there was no taxes. limitation on charitable contributions. Right. So they wanted to make the states, which some of them are, charity. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah well, you know, I think it was George Will who said, uh, you never really want to get as much government as you pay for, and yes. maybe that's the, that's the positive point there. But, uh, you know, ultimately... Uh, that would impact those uh, high tax states. Yes, and I think another uh, another benefit that he's proposing to also impact those people as well is, uh, is the renter's credit. So mm-hmm. the renter's credit would establish a low-income renter's credit that would be design- designed to limit the cost of their rent um, and, and utilities for only up to 30% of their income. So anything over that, would be, they would get a credit for on their taxes. So, you know, I think the the, the elimination of the, the SALT the limit, the $10,000 limit, along with this renter's credit, is something that's focused towards those taxpayers in, in order trying to get some votes. There you go. Yeah, uh, and well, isn't that really the direction of all well, of One it? of the things we always have to remember, though, is that, you know, not only do we have to have, the, he has to be elected, we also have the Houses of Congress have to be sure, in his yeah. favor as well. Absolutely. So if yeah. it remains split as it is, I'm not sure much is going to get done. Yeah, no doubt. Well, <laughs> let's uh, take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish this discussion. Stick around and listen to Mark Talks. Pandemic-induced recession. recession. You're listening to Money Talks. Money Talks. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with John Dixon and Dan DeLuzio. We've been talking a whole lot about uh, proposed tax plans going forward. Of course, we got an election to uh, to go through first, and uh, there seems to be a whole lot of drama already building around that. We will have our first... Uh, presidential debate this week. Um, 
get the popcorn ready. I, I think I'm going to watch it just because of what's been made out of all this. I, I normally try to avoid such things, but uh, this week I'll be tuning in. Uh, if you have questions you'd like for us to answer, we normally talk about finances and financial things as well as taxes. Um, if you have something along that line, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. Uh, if you prefer to uh, call and speak to a human instead, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for Kelly Lynn or the radio show. They'll get you directed in the right spot. Uh, she can pass along your question and we can answer it on the air. Um, if you prefer to email us, we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, the email address, drgenehensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, or you can go to our website. We've got lots of information, including lots of tax information that John probably has helped put together, as well as Dan. Um, and, uh, again, that's Hensler.com, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, so are you, are Dan, you intoxicated yet? Uh, John, if it makes you hush, I live intoxicated, <laughs> whatever that takes. Uh Dan, you had some statistics that you noticed uh, in a Kiplinger yeah, uh, article this week that I thought were interesting since we are on the subject of taxes. Well, this was issued, this was earlier this year it was put out, but it was based on 2017, which was the, the latest year available for statistics. Okay. Okay. Well, that's slow, huh? Or, well, yeah, because, I mean, they're probably still, uh, well, they, they're not done processing 19. 19, yeah. 19 still has filing date due. Yeah. Uh, and 2018, they're probably just assembling statistics now. You've worked around the IRS too long. You're saying they're only a year behind. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, it, it was interesting to note that the top 1% of this country, what defines that? And it was really with adjusted gross incomes of about in excess of 515000 Okay. So that was the top 1%. But that top 1%, it was 21% of all income in this country earned. Okay. But it represented 38.5% of all taxes. Mm. Okay. And then you go down to the next. What, what makes up the top 5%, which would include the top one, of course. Sure. Okay. That would be anybody who makes above 208000 All right. And that's about comprises 36% of all reported income. All right. And we that that group pays 59.1% of taxes. Top 5% pays 59.1. 59.1. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The top 10%, which is anybody above 145. Okay. Okay. They that comprises between them the 5, the 10 and the 1 combined, they comprise 47% of all reported income and they pay 70% of all the taxes. Okay. Okay. All right. When you so, get down to the the bottom fifty percent, which is anybody below really about forty one, forty two thousand dollars, they're paying they're about eleven percent of the income, and it's three percent of the taxes, three point one. So I've I've heard a few comments that uh, on on uh, Joe Biden's advertisements that say unless you make over four hundred thousand dollars a year, your taxes won't go up under his proposed plans. I. I I don't think that that's what I'm hearing here, though. Well, not if those rates change back to where they were. Yeah, the rate change in itself would cause. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, and the itemized, the impact of the itemized deductions, the yeah. limitation, the 28% limitation. So mm -hmm. capital gains go into your your uh, normal right. tax rate. Yeah. It's going to hurt as well. So plus we've got some other goodies that we talked. Yeah, about. let's let's, yeah. Hear, more. <laughs> let's hear more. Let's hear more. 
there's a, a proposal for the payroll tax cut, or not cut, payroll tax. Uh, and that has to do with uh, Social Security taxes. Right now, it's this year, It's the limit is on it's 6.2% for the employee, 6.2% for the employer, and it's on 137,700 is the max. So between 0 and 137,700, you're paying it. After that, you're excluded from it. Right. Okay. Now, the, that's the the uh, Trump administration doesn't want to change anything. Uh, the Biden administration said that they would resume that tax on anything over 400,000. So maybe that's where that 400,000 is coming in, but I can almost yeah. tell you what I have heard is unless you are over that 400, your taxes will But, but as John up. mentioned in the break, well, that's an automatic 6.2% cut for anybody over 400,000. Correct, yeah. Right, so if you think about you know, somebody who's making income. over 400,000, yeah. $400, they're going to get hit with the increase in income tax rate. They're going to mm-hmm. get hit with the decrease of their itemized deductions. Mm-hmm. And they're capital also gains, The capital gains that. tax as well as the additional payroll tax. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a huge combination. I think just back of the napkin could be up to 60% uh, of their incomes could be any additional income over that 400,000 number. Mm-hmm. Could be significantly impacted. So it could have a big big chunk. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got, I mean, there's a lot of other things that have been proposed. It seems like, uh, you know, there's, there's, um, uh, depreciation of business assets, passive activity losses, uh, Section 1031 exchanges, which nobody listening to me is going to understand except you two guys, I would guess. Well, for the businesses, the the business one might be important, the the depreciation. Okay. And, and businesses right now are, can expense certain amounts of assets they buy currently. You know, 100% of it can be written off in one year. Well, that's uh, the current administration wants to keep that in place the uh, biden administration would propose that we eliminate expense the expensing options and revert back to where we were okay. so that seems the, to me that it would uh it would lower the incentive to buy new assets for businesses is that correct well and then reinvest in their businesses things of that nature yeah. but that's where right. the big could, asset could purchases incur could be a reduction in growth potential there yeah among right. the, capex is yeah, going to right. decrease. Right. yeah economy overall uh, because let's face it spending is the one thing that uh, actually makes the world go around right that's right uh a few other things earned income tax credit first time home buyers credit any of those you want to cover quickly or renters credit um, well I'll mention the child independent care tax credit um there, there's right now there's a uh a credit of available, so it's up to a non-refundable credit up to 20% to 35% of the expense of care for a child or uh, disabled dependent, so the dependent care, uh, and then up to, and that's up to expenses on $3,000 for one and $6,000 for for two children. Uh, there's a $2,000 per child child tax credit. Um, the the um, Biden administration wants to increase the limit on the dependent care. Uh, the expense limit to eight thousand dollars for one child, um, and and then also wants to increase the child tax credit. So, you know, there are some some benefits there on the child tax credit. I'm, there's nothing I haven't seen anything on a AGI limitation, but yeah. I would assume there's got to be one. They would be one. Probably four hundred thousand. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, on the first time home buyer credit. Now we haven't had that in a while. We had that back in 2008 when we tried to kickstart the housing market again. Sure. Yeah, it needed after the last the debacle. Time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was back then. It was like seventy five hundred dollars, but you had fifteen years and you had to pay it back. So it was really a loan. 
Okay. And then in 2009, they said, okay, we'll give you, we're going to give you more. We'll give you eight thousand dollars. But we're, but if you stay and if you stay in the house, you don't have to pay it back. But if you don't stay in for at least three years, you got to pay it back. Okay. Well, I mean now. Uh, the, the new in things, he wants to reinstate the credit. This is on the Biden side, uh, and it's going to be fifteen thousand, so doubling the original seventy five hundred. And but it does, and he says he wants to make double the credit for twenty two thousand eight and make it permanent. But it doesn't really say if, what type of how long you got to stay in it. To, Do to you have to pay it back, or whether you have to pay it yeah. back or anything like that? So yeah. we've got a little. Yeah, uh, hesitation uh, there. Right, uh, it is a positive though for those that yeah. don't have their their house. First time first home buyers, so. absolutely. Yeah, it would it would be a benefit to them. So uh, there is a lot to consider, no doubt, and I'm sure it's hard to digest all that we've talked about today. If you have questions, again, give us a call seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. As for John Dixon or Dan Delusio, uh, guys, market up or down this week? We are done. What do you think? Mark it up. Go balls. Yeah, definitely up. There we go. I say up as well. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.